0: Hey, welcome to the Business in Vancouver podcast. I'm Tyler Orton. I'm Haley Wooden. And this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. And we have our friend and colleague, Patrick Blennerhassa, joining us today. Patrick, welcome
1: back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm a friend now? You've
2: leveled up. I noticed yeah. that too. Wow, yeah.
1: Tyler. Thank you. Uh, I was just being polite. Official. Oh. Friend and colleague. <laughs> no. Oh, and Then he just <laughs> it takes official, it away. I under- kid. What I a kid. rug pull. No, That's
0: what friends do. They joke around. Come on. <laughs> Okay. It's Come on, a Patrick. Roller coaster with you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so Patrick, uh, tell us—you got an intri- You got the cover uh, story of the newspaper this week. So I did. Yeah. I, I, I want to know what you wrote about
1: to monopolize all this page space here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, guys. Uh interesting story. Um, I, I, I want to go really quickly into how I discovered the story because it was a bit of like a sort of cascading effect. I originally got the assessments from. For the Fraser Valley from BC assessment and one of the highest potential assessment hikes was in North Surrey it was for, potentially 40 percent people could see in North Surrey for an investment hike and that beat wow. out a couple of enclaves in Richmond, uh, South Surrey, White Rock so I was like what's going on here right so I sort of crafted a bit of a story about the real estate side of it ran that a couple of weeks ago but I went back to it and um, I looked at the real estate numbers and you've got like over a hundred percent increase for sales in uh, December for condos and townhomes in North Surrey. And like active listings are just like it's it literally the day that you put it up, put a condo up for sale or an apartment up for sale in North Surrey. It goes into multiple offers and it's sold without subject above asking price, so like just like that. The the
0: question we've had here in city of Vancouver is maybe just how hot this real estate industry's been. I mean, yeah. you could argue there's the supply demand issue, there's the uh, foreign investor issue as well.
1: Yeah,
0: I, mean, I don't know. At first blush, somebody might say, "Well, maybe as foreign investors are migrating." out of the city of vancouver into other jurisdictions could that be one of the reasons why
1: or or is there something else going on here Patrick? yeah i don't know i don't know if it's just the cascading effect of, of vancouver's housing but i mean as you guys know Surrey is just booming and i think you know it is a lot of local it's all it's always been booming yeah it's yeah. true yeah i don't know I, I yeah it's tough to say about what what's actually happening out there but Interesting thing. So I I sort of went back to it and I talked to the Surrey Board of Trade and I said, you know, is there anybody in North Surrey, like a business that we could talk to? So they gave me uh, Dave Gertz's number, who's the new president of the Flamingo. And as you guys know, having experience in Surrey, well, I don't know if you have... Direct experience sorry experience talking about
2: lived a... and grew up yes as children in yeah. Surrey
1: it, yeah. you would know about the Flamingo and that area in North Surrey close to King George Boulevard has sure. a strip club aka gentlemen's club, a uh, hotel in air quotes I would say okay a yeah. liquor store and a pub. So uh, I called the guy up and he said, yeah, we're totally revamping this. Um, And what's actually happened is a developer, uh, Sharon Sethi, who runs the 10 share group, he's this sort of uh, trying to think of the best way to describe him. He's got development projects all over Metro Vancouver, and he's kind of the guy who's built a bit of a reputation that he'll buy land that might not be incredibly valuable, or seem like it's part of a hot market. So he started buying up North Surrey about eight or nine years ago, and now he's got about 12 acres in the area. So he's going to end up building three massive residential towers on that sort of flamingo land space. But in the time being, I think what he did was a really cool thing, was he went to a nonprofit arts group in South Surrey, and he said, you know, while I'm getting all my ducks in a row with development and construction and stuff like that, do you guys want to take this area over and run uh, like a live venue show? Hmm. And so they're going to revamp it. They're going to try to basically um, – they're booked until May apparently. Um, and they want to turn it into kind of like a jazz club, retro club, which is completely different than from what it has been because, you know, there's a recent stabbing there. Yeah. And it's sort of been synonymous as like this dial dope area prostitution, all that stuff. Yeah.
2: So. For anyone who's not familiar with that part of Surrey, for the longest time, like north on King George, it was a pretty seedy area. And then we had Surrey City Center pop up. The City Hall is there. Coast Capital's headquarters are there. Innovation Boulevard. Yeah. And this Flamingo Lounge Hotel was on the sizable piece of land for the longest time, sort of as a remnant of this older... Wally essentially it's in yeah. Ratt- and now Surrey City Center. I think it's great that they're looking at venues cuz one of the criticisms too has been there's nothing to do in Surrey. True. There's places to work, there's pl- places to live, there's nowhere to
1: play. Interesting that you mentioned the the moniker Wally. So there's sort of that negative connotation, you know, you had the the homicides there years ago that got sort of international attention and um, I think the interesting thing when I talk to, to Sethy is that he doesn't want to do away with that nickname. He wants to do the same thing that they did with Yaletown. I mean, we're all too young to remember Yaletown before it was kind of like a Tony enclave. But my dad was saying, you know, he remembers growing up in Vancouver. Yaletown was, was a horrible place. It was mm-hmm. low rent and all that stuff. Meatpacking district. Meatpacking district. It was industrial. Yeah. And it was like where all the lowlifes and sort of the drug addicts hung out. And they never ended up changing the name and it was called Dale Town back then and it's still called DL Town. So what Sethy wants to do is that he's like, I'm not giving up that name. We are changing Wally. We're gonna still call it Wally, but we wanna change the name. Like he doesn't want to well, dump that moniker, which I think is, is interesting. They did try changing the name of that neighborhood. They did. Like, well they like yeah. to Gateway, right? Yeah, they, well they've city center never, and yeah. yeah. But like, it
0: never took. no, no nobody's ever been calling it city center or gateway yeah it's always just been wally so i think why fight it you, sh- you should just embrace it
1: yeah
2: i'll say this the business is there as well as the government offices there, yeah. and the institutions they call it city yeah. center they don't <laughs> they call don't. it wally but you know for everyone else and anyone who's grown up with wally yeah it's still wally and i think it might still officially be called that I don't I'll, know. I'll just
0: say that yeah. wally does not sound as regal though as maybe yelled Town. You know, Yaletown Town could signed kind of sound yeah. kind of you know uh, dignified. Wally, it, it kind of sounds like a guy's nickname that you you'd meet on the golf course or something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that movie, Wally, <laughs> or yeah, or Wally, or yeah, Wall-E. the robot, <laughs>
1: yeah, Wally. Well, I think what Sethy wants to do is not exactly Yale Town. That's just a good comparison. Sure, of he course. he compared it more to Gas Town. Um, Haley, you made a good point about nothing to do in Surrey. You've got um, SFU city-centered there. Another interesting thing that we could touch on is I talked to Stephen Dooley and he sort of let slip officially that they're looking at potentially building student housing in that area Mm -hmm. because that campus is literally like exploding. They can't keep up with the student enrollment. They can't keep up with the money that they're getting. So that's another thing is that you could soon have some student housing in that area. So, what do you need around a bunch of students? You need an area like Gastown where you've got restaurants, you've got some pubs, you've got some things bars, things to do, things places to, to go. do. Yeah. yeah. So that's another side of it is that, um, yeah, Surrey doesn't necessarily have that sort of Gastown, Yale Town district. So Sethi's vision is that's what North Surrey will become. Is that's where you go for the cool beer, the cool restaurant you know that that sort of downtown flavor I I just wonder maybe even just architecturally like how
0: that is going to differ from what we have in Vancouver in that if you go to Gastown you've got all these heritage buildings these brick facades whereas you go to Wally and it's just these strip malls that were built in like the 60s 70s 80s and I don't know if that's as an endearing or an attractive sort of location they, they, they haven't gone so far where they're, they're so lame they're cool again they just look <laughs> kind of like run down and not kind of the hip place like I, I think there'd have to be like a, a big revamp or, or revisioning of, of re-envisioning of just the look of this area
2: yeah because it wasn't ever really a, a place of commerce it was all residential with like low-level one-rise buildings that came about more recently than, say, Gastown, right? That has really cool architecture.
1: Yeah. I would say my counterpoint to that, if I was playing devil's advocate, is that there is no municipality that is more pro-business, pro-development than the city of Surrey. Like, they have done away with red tape. So if there's any city that could just bulldoze an entire area and pop up a a brand new neighborhood, it would be the city of Surrey, so.
2: The architecture is nice. Like, they had Bing Tom Architects design the library and City Hall. Like, it's new, but it's unique in its own way.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do because they also have another, a couple other challenges, I think, just sort of geographically. I mean, you've got two. You've got the Patello Bridge that comes off there, and then you've also got the highway that sort of streams off there, so. It's not like Gas Town or Yale Town where you have—I don't want to—I don't—I don't know if you call it like high density traffic, but the other thing is you think of—they got to replace the Patello Bridge, and that's going to be a nightmare. That is going to be a headache coming across that area. And that's how you essentially get to North Surrey from anywhere other than Surrey is you probably take the Patello Bridge. So. or or uh, Devil's Advocate once more. Uh <laughs> what about the Sky Bridge with the Sky Train? It's right there as True. well. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. that would actually
0: see that might help even yeah. more traffic, you know, uh, pedestrian traffic or commuter traffic, so to speak.
1: Yeah. The other thing is that this could set up a bit of a battle because the LRT is scheduled to go down south, go down to Newton. And Newton has been waiting patiently for years to become Surrey's cultural and arts district, right? You know, I always talk to the the head of the downtown BIA down there and he's just sort of, they've been waiting for like decades, right? For this LRT to come in and all this stuff. So then all of a sudden you have this developer come in. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> no fault of Sethi, but he's like, well, let's just build it up here. I have money and I, I can do it quicker, right? It, it so, ju- and it also just makes more geographic sense as well. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the other thing, right? Is Although, that- Haley and I, we both grew up
0: in Surrey. And so when we hear of Newton becoming the cultural center <laughs> of the city, we, we both just kind of have to rub our chins just a little
2: bit. Yeah. yeah. I was actually on, so they have the BIA, they had a bunch of, subcommittees to deal with the rebranding of Newton. And I was on this committee that actually went through a rebrand to try and change the logo, to try and change the art, to try and get away from the fact that Newton did have a very high crime rate, breaking into cars, breaking into businesses. You and I have talked about that, Patrick, and written about it too for BIV. So there's a lot of work to be done. Newton's also pretty spread out too. It has its small downtown core and it's not that big if you're not including residences. So, so I don't know. I don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah,
1: I think Surrey is this fascinating real life case of Sim City because you have this <laughs> city that is just being like dumped with people and money and investment. And I think one thing you noted, Haley, is crime. Like nobody's covering this, but crime has gone down in Surrey consistently for I want to say it's been like over a year now. So like uh, 13 or 14 months, mm-hmm. I've been keeping an eye on the stats. Um, they haven't caught you yet they haven't caught me with all the stolen property right now but the 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 thing is that they're not getting any press for that right Uh, they've they've cleaned up a lot of areas they've cleaned up newton um you know they spent a lot of money and investments or revamping the rcmp Mm -hmm. but you know i i do do you think some of it comes down to the Visibility of
0: Mayor Linda Hepner versus the visibility of previous Mayor uh, Linda uh,
1: Watts or, or Diane, Diane Watts. Watts. Uh, my, my apologies. Um, you cannot talk about Surrey's turnaround without talking about Diane Watts. I mean, she literally took that city from Doug McCallum, who was kind of, I mean, Haley, we met Doug when we were covering mm-hmm. the Surrey election years ago. He's kind of that old school mentality, low taxes, fighting against investment. I don't know.
2: Yeah, sort of a, a symbol of steady as she goes. There I would you go, say. yeah. That's, yeah. That's Whereas Diane Watts came in. I mean, Innovation Boulevard is a legacy project. Yeah. She changed Surrey and created a downtown core. Regardless of what you think of the politics, it certainly changed. On, over that decade, she was in power. Yeah,
1: she completely revamped Surrey's image. And she said yes to everything, whereas McCallum sort of made his name sort of saying no to everything and sort of trying to, to, like you said, stay the course, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but her compared, I think that you have to look at um, Linda is basically, uh, I don't know if this is a, a, a bad thing to say, but Diane Watts 2.0. I mean, Watts picked her, handpicked her to be her successor, um, gave her all of her, you know, campaign clout, And, you know, Heppner has been by her side for however many years. So, you know, I think Heppner is basically just continuing the vision that Watts sort of set forth, Um, you know, and that's, there's nothing against that. But I I do sort of think that we're basically just in another iteration of Diane Watts, right? A continuation of her master plan that she started, what was it, 2005 that she got in first? Yeah. 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 So anyways.
0: There you go.
1: Does that answer your question, Tyler? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there you go. Uh,
0: well, Patrick, could you stick around? Uh, we're going to take a bit of a break and come back and talk about news. I, I think there's some fun stuff going on with, say, Amazon, for example, mm-hmm. that uh, friends, we want to dig into.
1: Friends stick around. I, I'd like to think so. I'm a friend now. So. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for now.
0: Well, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Manning Elliott Accountants and Business Advisors. Manning Elliott has been providing expert accounting, assurance, business advisory, tax and valuation services to businesses in the Lower Mainland and Fraser Valley since 1952. If you're serious about taking your business and brand to the next level, if you want an, an accounting firm that'll be there to help you every step of the way, give Manning Elliott accountants and business advisors a call at 604 714 3600. That's 604 714 3600. Or else check them out on their website at manningelliott.ca. Haley, I, I think we need to talk about something that could change the way people shop. No, not just like online shopping through Amazon. No, but no. Amazon Go, it's been delayed many a many a time since it was announced uh, last year. Yeah. But uh, now this is the checkout free grocery store in Seattle where you simply just like pluck out items from shelves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this comes after you scan through your phone with an app there and you just can walk out. You don't have to, you know, they're tracking every movement you do. and Charge to your
2: Amazon account.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. You put something back on the shelf. The sensors, the cameras are like, oh, OK, we'll take that out of your shopping cart as well. There you go. Uh, do you think this has the potential? You know, <laughs> let's say it comes to Vancouver. Let's say we get like, I don't know, uh, 50 of these outlets in Vancouver in, you know, the next uh, 10 years. Um, 50 is a little high, but y- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you think this has the potential to catch on? Do you think it's more of a novelty? What's your take here on Amazon Go?
2: I think it's a novelty at this point. Uh, we are chatting about this earlier. There are, the, there are no lines inside the store, but there's a big line to get into it today. Yeah, Amazon has not said it has any plans to roll this out to Whole Foods. But looking to the future, I would be shocked that they spent all this time beta testing it, developing the technology, not to roll it out in the years ahead. It's meant to be convenient. It's sort of a frictionless experience. Uh, I can testify. I don't like waiting in lines. I just want to pop in, pop out. I get the appeal and I think we're going to see a lot more of it, not just with Amazon, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see it at say, I I don't know if Walmart's the example, but at other retailers too, trying to catch up.
0: Yeah. Patrick, what's your typical, you know, shopping routine? Like how do you get your groceries every week?
1: I, I usually, I don't shop a lot to begin with, but when I do, I actually, cause I live in East Vancouver, I go to no frills. Yeah. Um, which is incredibly cheap. And, um, a very different clientele, I'd say there. It's, uh, Anytime Whole I've foods. been into
2: a no frills, it's sort of like a gong show. Like there's it, product yeah. everywhere. It's always packed, but you can get great deals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I,
2: I totally understand. I usually no split frills. up
1: my grocery shopping. I'll go there for like the, the meats and the fruits and vegetables and all that stuff. And then I go up sort of along East Hastings to Donald's Market where you can get more of that sort of artisan stuff, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit more expensive. So sure. That's kind of how I do it. I don't know. Yeah, the grocery. For some reason I always kind of think of that IKEA commercial where that lady is running out of the store thinking <laughs> start that she the car. start the that car because was... she thinks she stole <laughs> stuff, but she just got such a good deal. Yeah. Like I I, th- I feel like it would be a- an interesting social <laughs> experiment for the first time that you go in that store. Do your grocery shopping and then just walk out. Like, is your brain gonna be like, uh, "You're shoplifting right now"? You're, like, you're uh, yeah, you're gonna take a pause. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah you'll yeah. probably yeah. pause. Like, it's. Um, Although
0: it's funny, um, somebody uh, they're, they're testing it out, and somebody actually uh, shoplifted from there. And oh, Amazon, I like it. I like Amazon it. was like, "Ah, don't worry about it. Just uh, this one's on us." Oh, really? And yeah, they tried to return it, and they're like, "Nah." It's all good. Just keep it? Yeah. I think Amazon, they've got such deep pockets, they'd much rather just make this an easy experience. Uh, yeah. look, I, I don't think this person is shoplifting crates of caviar, <laughs> but if you take like an extra yogurt cup I by accident, I, I think it, it's better for Amazon not to have to have their resources tied up and making a return. Although they do say that making a return should be easy, but I think they also just want customer retention and it's just easier if they're able to...
1: I don't know.
0: Tell people not to worry about things.
1: Yeah, so. I think the other thing that kind of bothers me, but that this just might be me, is like the invasion of privacy. I mean, oh, I know yeah. that you're in a public place, but you know, I'm always cognizant of when I go into a store. You know, like the security cameras everywhere. I mean, it feels like downtown London in Vancouver now, where it's like you can just see cameras all over the place. And if I'm in a grocery store. I don't really want some AI program following me around as I make my decisions about what mac and cheese I'm going to buy, right? Like,
2: Well, I think it's it's like small P public. It's true. like capital Very P true. private. Like yeah. this is Amazon's experiment. And we were talking about this on BIV's tech panel this week on our radio show on Roundhouse Radio. And we were talking about how these sensors, like they could at some point, if they aren't already be as sophisticated as reading your biometric data. So how you physically react to certain products. And Oof. the the goldmine of data that would be for consumer packaged goods companies that typically have had a lot of issues trying to actually get data because it's tied up with the retailer or the credit card company. So could you imagine you're, you know you look at one brand versus the other and that's, yeah, that's something that- Yeah, your
1: heart rate elevates when you see those cookies.
2: <laughs> yeah, your your eyes, your pupils dilate- hands shake I don't that's, know
1: that's that's kind of scary because I think that that's a couple steps from big brother because how long before you're in the grocery store and you have your google glasses and it suggests that you're low on sugar so you should buy some coke or something like that well, or mm. you know We're- I just like it reminds me of facebook because you know the when I first started to see when I was still on facebook years ago and they started having those customized ads Where like if you were Googling buying new running shoes and then you're on Facebook half an hour later, you saw an ad for Nike running shoes. That really freaked me out. And that was one of the reasons that I sort of wanted to get off social media was I don't like being tracked like that. I think it's an invasion of privacy. So People may say the convenience
0: may make it worth it in the end. Other people would much rather just be off the grid. I can understand both. I'd lean more towards the privacy aspect. I I do appreciate that. So maybe that would temper my eagerness to go shop at Amazon Go despite the convenience that it would offer. I'll say this, though. Other grocery stores are going to have to look at what they can do to compete. Mm -hmm. And so we may see trends. It may not be the same technology as Amazon Go, but maybe they'll figure out how to make these lines go smoother. Maybe we'll have more self checkout booths. Maybe there's going to be some ways to alleviate these line issues that Amazon's addressing here at other grocery stores.
1: Well, the other thing is you look at like the Whole Foods just across uh, the Canby Street Bridge. How many employees do they have running the cashiers there? And then you think about every grocery store in Metro Vancouver and how many employees would essentially lose their job because that's their job, right? Yeah.
0: Amazon says that it's not about replacing jobs, but shifting what people do at a grocery that store. That sure sounds like replacing jobs. I, I know. It, it, I'm a little <laughs> skeptical, but uh, for the Amazon Go coverage, there, there are a lot of like little helpers there. Like uh, If somebody needed assistance, there's a human being there ready to help. Yeah. So.
2: That was one of my questions to our Tech panel. Is that one? I think the most frustrating experience for me retail shopping is trying to find a customer service representative in the aisle that you're, you know, they're designated to be it Canadian Tire, whatever store. Yeah. You can never find them. They're never there. You get bounced around. What happens in this store if they didn't have any? staff members do you just call for alexa or you just you can't have a hundred people in a store all shouting alexa alexa where's Uh, the yogurt yeah so i i don't know i don't know what happens with that um maybe that's where you you actually need people that's where the jobs get moved to yeah
0: i I like the personal touch here
1: yeah i think it's yeah it's interesting It, it it's really interesting because there's so many different facets to it that Um, And we're the first generation that's going to be bombarded by this integration of technology and artificial intelligence, you know, much like the millennials, you know, we were the first to sort of grow up, we grew up, I grew up without the internet and without social media, and then it sort of came into our lives. And now we're sort of starting to see AI come into our lives and we're that generation that has sort of gotten used to doing things another way and it's going to get shoved in our faces really really quickly so if you're not ready you need to get ready that's maybe that would be my fair warning so
2: there you go
0: excellent hey patrick thanks for joining us on the show today
1: thanks am i a friend of the show is that can i can i say that don't don't test it
0: I oh. B-I-B-N friends. <laughs> okay. I oh, uh, just one
2: friend. BIV you know, friend.
0: all friends need a good ribbing. That's all, Patrick. Thanks know. thanks for having me on, Haley. I appreciate
2: <laughs> it. My pleasure.
0: Yeah, I take that in stride. He's just ribbing me there. Okay. So you're listening to the Business in Vancouver podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us five stars there. It makes, people, uh, it, makes it easier for people to find us. We appreciate it. Uh, Haley, if somebody wants to find you online, what's the best way to do so?
2: You can find my me at my social media handle at Haley Wedden. I'm on Twitter. Feel free to say hi. And yeah, BIV.com for all of our stories, other podcasts, and radio shows.
0: Yeah. Patrick? As Patrick's friend, I know that he's not on social media, there Haley. So there's uh, <laughs> no way to track him down that way. <laughs> uh, but you can find me. I'm at Reporton. That's R-E-P-O-R-T-O-N. And this podcast was brought to you by Manning L.A. Accountants and Business Advisors. I want to thank everybody for listening. We'll be back next time.